What if your personal or business brand was so focused and so on target that it was easy for everyone in your organization to understand? What if you connected with your clients on an emotional level so deeply that they never forgot you? This is what the most successful brands in the world do. It's not about ad budgets. It's about developing a consistent brand, no matter the industry, location, or size of the company. Discover your brand and create an amazing, foolproof marketing strategy. This is the Brand Archetypes Podcast, hosted by Kevin Skerritt and Amy Zander, owners of BrandArchetypes.com. Join them on a journey to discover your most powerful, true brand. Welcome back to the Brand Archetypes Podcast, everybody. This is Kevin Skerritt. And if you were listening last week, you know that Amy Zander is uh, busy working on the Michigan Mob Marketing Summit. It's going to be next Friday, May 6th, 2022. For those of you who are keeping track, you can check out ZediaMedia.com, her website, to get all the details. And I'm going to play a little clip at the end of today's session to give you even more information about that Awesome event. Looking forward to seeing you all there again next Friday, May 6, 2022. So today I'm flying a little solo again, and I'm going to be talking about bad names. Bad, not necessarily bad product names. That kind of a, is a different spinoff. I'm, I'm going to focus on bad company names. What is it and how you can avoid it? So if you're kind of in the middle of coming up with a name for your own company, or if you've struggled in the past, or are thinking of starting a new company, you're, uh, you're in for a treat. We're going to give you a little bit of insight on how to avoid one of those horrifying names. And what usually happens is people dive into this process. They realize how horribly difficult it is to come up with a really good name because there's so many criteria that you have to follow. So that's what we're talking about today. Uh, if you uh, heed the advice I'm giving today, chances are you can come up with an awesome name. So yeah, this happens about almost two-thirds of a million times each year. People will come up with new company names. And this is uh, data uh, from the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. If you uh, go out to the internet and do a search for how to create a great name, you will find tons and tons and tons of articles, and this is just yet another one of those piled onto the onto the heap, uh, how to come up with a good name. But we're going to take a different spin. So let's talk a little bit about what those other agencies talk about. You know, you'll you'll read the, how the name needs to be enduring. It it needs to be distinctive. It needs to be authentic, and all those agency buzzwords that people talk about in their brand, and a, probably half or more of the articles on naming won't actually talk about the emotional connection that you're trying to, to establish. And, and, and yet it's the most important thing. It's the whole point of brand archetypes is to help you establish that emotional connection. So we're gonna come back to that, of course. We're gonna put that at the top of our list, but what we're really gonna kind of focus on today is what to avoid. So other things to include, just real quickly here, uh, it needs to be memorable. A lot of people will say, yeah, your, your name needs to be memorable. We're gonna bring that up a, a whole bunch of times because a bad name tends to not be memorable and a good name tends to be memorable. So if you're following that one point, you're gonna already point yourself in the right direction. Brevity is part of that. If your name is just too long, you know, you're, you're, you're already 
go swimming upstream on this this whole memorability point. So you got to keep it got to keep it tight. And so I'm going to give you more advice on things to avoid here uh, at, at the tail end of the of the bit here. Uh, the next topic I would say you need to consider is that your name needs to be defensible. And this is one of the things where people get really frustrated. They'll start the, the naming process, they'll get all their tips, they'll start doing the brainstorming list making process, and then they'll read somewhere that, hey, you really should check out the US Patent and Trademark Office to see if it's defensible. And the last 12 ideas that they, they got that they were all jazzed about, all excited about, they're all taken. And it's just so deflating to have that happen. And despite it happening, and <laughs> despite the blow to your, your psyche, your, your ego, oh, how frustrating is that? You still got to do it. So you got to check the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office website just to find out if, if, your, uh, if your name has already been taken. Don't get married to a name unless you know that it is absolutely available and defensible. And I'm going to let the, uh, the uh, intellectual property attorneys out there give you the guidance on what that actually means. Is it defensible and is it truly available to you, right? So uh, the big idea, the absolute big idea, no surprise for our frequent listeners, is that your great name must be emotion-based and within your brand strategy. Ideally, you've picked an archetype, you know exactly what emotions you're gonna zero in on and target. And when you do that, you eventually will have an awesome name because you're, you're, it's gonna fit within your brand and even mediocre names that are within brand are still gonna work, okay? So you buy yourself a lot more flexibility and latitude if you stay within brand. Just, just lock in on those emotions, right? It's, it, this issue is more important than just about any other issue I could come up with. Um, part of this is if your name is within brand, it, it, it should help tell a story. I mean, Nike as a, as a name, not many people will necessarily know that it's the goddess of victory. But once you know that, that there's this backstory about the goddess of victory, Nike, and that the, the swoosh symbol is uh, emblematic of her, of the wing of the goddess of Nike, there's that, that's a great story that reinforces that hero archetype, the, that super achievement, victory kind of success idea, right? Super high energy. It just it, it perfectly embodies their brand. Uh, another really great story I love is back in the early 1900s, um, Benjamin Holt, the owner of the Holt, uh, I think it was the Holt Tractor Company, uh, Holt Machinery Company, I forget the exact name, but they, they changed their name. They had a photographer uh, come out to help photograph their new, new steam-powered engine, and he commented, yeah, it kind of looks like it's a, a caterpillar crawling. And the, the owner of the company, Benjamin Holt, said, wow, that's, that's a really great observation. That's going to be the new name of the company. And so they changed the name from Holt to the Caterpillar Company. So love that story. Okay, let's, let's, uh, let's take a step back. And I know you're probably thinking, well, what's in a bad name? Tell me what's a bad name. Just give it to me straight. I'm, I'm going to list things to avoid. Okay, some of these are going to be pretty obvious. Some of them not. Let's start with the most obvious. A name should not be too long. Why? Because it makes it less memorable. It makes it harder to be emotion-based. It makes it hard to spell. It just, it's hard to write. It makes your 
email address way too long. There's just a gajillion reasons why you should avoid long names. So if I say a name like Perpetual Income and Growth Investment Trust, PLC, which is a real company, yikes, how in the heck are you going to get your customers to remember that? And what's the URL? And oh, I, not only do I find that really hard to remember, it's going to lead to just an enormous amount of confusion with competitors and trying to find you and online. And it's just, it's horrible. So here's your, here's your rule of thumb. If you fall asleep in the middle of the name, <laughs> it's too long. Okay. There, there it is. A general rule of thumb. Okay. Next, next thing to avoid, what to avoid. If your name is too descriptive, too descriptive. What do I mean by that? If you pick a name, let's say you're uh, a auto body shop or a car repair place, and you say your company name is Auto Repair Specialists. It's not even Joe's Auto Repair. It's Auto Repair Specialists. Well, what's going to happen is if someone does remember your name and they look for it, like if I were to uh, look for Auto Repair Specialist in Ludington, Michigan, where I'm located right now, I might have a Google listing of eight or 10 companies that pop up because all of them are auto repair specialists. And where are you on this list? You might be sixth or seventh down, right? There might be three, four or five people who pop up ahead of you on the search engine rankings. So when you go too descriptive, you're too generic, then you run this risk of not being found because People aren't really sure exactly that it's that it's you. So adding on Joe's auto repair specialists helps a little bit, but that's nowhere near brand. It's nowhere emotive enough. It's not within a brand archetype. So don't do that either. But being too descriptive is a fault. Okay. How about um, how about names that are too complex or just too hard to remember? And, and this includes names that are purposely hard to spell because they've been misspelled on, on purpose. You know, the, we see this all, all too often. And uh, although I'm putting this concept of purpose, purposeful misspelling into this bucket of being hard to remember, it, it's a, about half of all companies now that are created are taking that approach. I think it's a mistake. I think it is, it's a last resort where if you come, up, come upon a purposeful misspelling that you can spin it to your advantage, but as an idea, it should not be something that you're going out and seeking right away. There, there are definitely pros and cons. We have a whole podcast on the, the whole idea of naming and we talk about misspellings in there as well. But uh, uh, if, if your name is too hard to remember, and it's too hard to remember because it's because of this misspelling, then it's bad. Okay. Next topic, and this is this is my kind of my pet peeve. Names that are too cliche. Ugh. Ugh. This one just gets me so bent. When I see <laughs> when I see a company name that is just ultra cliche, like, okay, anything with a hyphen and hyphen, and you know books and stuff. <laughs> Anything with an N in the middle is just bad. Okay, so one I saw this actually, oh my, this one just put me over the edge when I saw this one. 
the name of the company was Kelly's Clip and Curl. Okay, Kelly's Clip and Curl. It is a salon, and it is spelled with Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Clip, K-L-I-P, and N curl K U R L. So not only do they get the cliche, cliche outrageousness, but they also had the extra bad KKK acronym. Oh my God, what were they thinking? Oh my, don't do that. Okay, so just avoid the N. Uh, now, I I saw a joke years ago, and just within the last week, I actually saw another brand person post up a tweet and said, I've been waiting for this for decades. And they, they posted up a picture of a local uh, strip mall. And at the very bottom of the sign was the name of a new company. It was Curl Up and Die, another salon. <laughs> now, this one, Curl Up and Die, because it's been around for years and years and years as a joke, you might actually be able to get away with that one because it's surpassed cliche it's now in the realm of uh kind of uh, media epic <laughs> nostalgia because people have heard that phrase for so long i don't know uh that one that one could go two ways but it definitely falls into the two clay two cliche bucket okay so if a company name can be too cliche uh a similar kind of idea would be to avoid basing your company name on current trends. So if you can imagine <laughs> how many company names made in the 70s, 80s, 90s that had ties to disco or mood rings or, you know, colored skinny jeans <laughs> or you know, in, pick, a, pick a trend in culture and media. And uh, if it's just a flash in the pan, it's a horrible idea to connect your name to it because your name needs to be enduring it needs to last over years if not decades right so uh disco is probably not something that's going to hold up <laughs> over time didn't in it didn't for the music let alone the company names right okay next up let's say we create a name because we are being very creative and because you i'll even throw out that you're a gesture brand uh, try not to be offensive. And you know, I, I'll, I'll give you one of my own stories here. Had a, a social network for real estate investors. This was, uh, let's see, probably 18 years ago now, 17 years ago in New Hampshire. And uh, my uh, business partner was the president of the New Hampshire uh, Board of Real Estate Investors. And uh, we put this thing together and we called it the Black Widow Network. And the idea behind it was real estate investors need to strike fast and they need to be ruthless. They need to go after those deals. They need to, to build them up. They need to work them hard and flip them. And they're, they're really super aggressive people. And because of that, they're, the more aggressive ones are very successful. And we thought, wow, Black Widow Network, what an awesome name. Wow, did it fall flat in its face. People were just upset by the idea of of a black widow killing other other insects and eating their mates and <laughs> things like that so uh, suffered that one we just didn't do enough uh, testing we didn't do enough focus groups to uh, figure out how people were really truly going to feel about this 
other fun ones uh, that I will throw into this bucket, uh, offensive. Uh, if you are a jester brand, and uh, and I can attest to this, you can come up with some really outrageous names that outwardly and obviously are intended to be funny. And yet they fall flat because there's enough people who get offended by them or they just don't feel comfortable even thinking about the name. Like <laughs> I uh, saw a lumber company with the name Morning Wood Company. <laughs> now, that's pretty bold, and it is really funny, and I, I can imagine there are a lot of legs getting built into that brand, but there are absolutely going to be some people who are that who, who frown at that one. Uh, I saw a funny one uh, a few months ago. It was an agency in Seattle. I like this one a lot, but I, I, I'm throwing it out there as a cautionary tale. It, it sounds at first like a law firm's name. And the, it's a digital agency. They do uh, user experience. Don't know what kind of work they do or how, how good their work is. But hey, it's a, a full-blown agency with a half dozen or more partners. And they, they must be successful. Uh, their company is Wong, Duty, Crandall, and Wiener. Now, if, th if three of your four names in your name are Wong, Duty, and Wiener, you're going to get some laughs, you're, whether you want it or not. You are going to get some people to raise eyebrows, and you definitely are going to get people into that uncomfortable zone. So maybe you should rethink that the name could be different as you're adding on partners. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, another funny event that I had while visiting Philadelphia a few years ago, pre-pandemic. Don't know if they're still in business, but they, are, they were a... Uh, a uh, canine uh, grooming facility. I'm saying it that way because uh, I, the the name of the company is is the the giveaway. <sighs> the name of the company was Doggy Style. Oh, oh. no, it's funny. Okay, you have to see, you have to admit it's funny. And yet at the same time, it's really offensive. Why would you name your company that? Oh my god. Now. A lot of people are going to be thinking, yeah, but it's super memorable. Who's going to forget that name, right? Doggy style. Oh, my God. Dog fashions. <laughs> Grooming my dog. Uh, yeah, it is amazingly memorable. However, you have to balance that. If, if you're a jester brand and you are willing to go out there and you know eyes wide open you are going to offend people and that's okay with you, then you should absolutely go for it because... The memorability on the other side of that coin might actually be a positive offset. It might actually be beneficial for you to take market share because people just think it's kind of quirky and they're not really offended by it, although some people will be, right? So it's just uh, words of caution, right? Uh, memorability is hugely important. These words that, are, these ideas that are offensive are actually memorable but there is that harsh extra second edge that you, you want to be careful of, right? Okay, last bit of advice that I would say is you need to be, uh, you, you don't want to tie your name to a specific thing, a specific product, a specific service, a specific object. Uh, one that comes to mind, I was traveling up in Northern Michigan uh, a couple years ago and I saw a big sign 
that said, just walls. And obviously they were selling wallpaper and paint and just walls. And then the sign below it, discount on carpeting. <laughs> Yikes. So actually, it is actually on my blog. I'll uh, try to dig up that photo and put it on the blog post here. But the idea of being just walls and then later saying, hey, you know what? We should sell carpeting, but it just doesn't fit anymore. Locking yourself into a specific product or industry or idea is just not a great idea. It, 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 it's too limiting. You never know what you're going to do in the future, right? I've seen too many people fall down on this one. And, and it doesn't happen up front. It happens later as your company evolves and decides to change and steer in a different direction. So don't let those kinds of decisions bite you on the patootie in the future. Just avoid them up front. Okay, so uh, I could probably come up with 10 or 20 other ideas of things that you should avoid, but these would be the big ones. Uh, I, I did put in a little bit of time and coming up with this list, trying to come up with examples of uh, supporting ideas of things what you talked about today hope you got a lot out of it out of it and if you're in the mode of naming your new company or considering changing your name again it's uh, definitely a daunting daunting process don't try to go down that path alone if you don't have to we are here to help just give us a call you can check us out at brandarchetypes.com read our blog post you can go to all of our podcasts and blog posts on the topic of naming and uh, we'll be glad to help. Just give us a call. So I said earlier that I'm going to uh, give you a little bit here about Amy's upcoming event next Friday, May 6th. Can't wait to see a lot of you. And uh, here's the info. Take it away, Amy. Are you a small business or a nonprofit that wants to market better? Of course you want to market better. Join heavy-hitting marketing agencies and experts at the Michigan Marketing Outstanding Brands Summit. All the big bosses will be there. 17 presentations on cutting-edge topics like brand dominance, how to make a logo that doesn't suck, figuring out what the heck SEO is, launching your own damn podcast, upcoming annoying changes for social media, creating videos that slay, and so much more win big prizes, and take advantage of exclusive marketing training. Join the ranks of marketing bosses throughout Michigan and meet me, Amy Zander, the reigning marketing mobstress of Michigan. Mark Friday, May 6, 2022 on your calendar. It's not too far away to start planning now. Follow Zedia Media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for a chance to win tickets. Visit ZediaMedia.com for more information and to purchase tickets. That's Z-E-E-D-I-A-M-E-D-I-A dot com. Your presence will be honored. Your absence will be noted. You've been listening to the Brand Archetypes podcast. Are you ready to discover your company's archetype? Check out brandarchetypes.com where you can download the book. Find out about archetype-specific strategies, connect with us on social media, and sign up for our newsletter.